morning. We want to welcome all those who are visiting with us. Just trust you feel blessed in the service this morning. Man, I trust that you've had a good week and you're expecting to hear from the Lord. We have one service today. Amen, but so we can put everything into it this morning and know that we're going to get everything God has for us. Amen. God bless you. Let's sing this together. You, O Lord, are a strong and mighty tower.
lift your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Our God is tremendous. Hallelujah. I just have going through my mind, I want to worship the Lord this morning. He's perfect in all His ways. Those words keep going through my mind. Perfect in all your ways, Lord Jesus. As the scriptures say, as for God, His ways are perfect. Hallelujah. Do you believe that this morning? What a mighty God we serve. Amen. When I'm in need then, let's sing it together. Oh, when I'm in need, I just call on the Lord. Oh, yes, and He hears me. Yes, He helps me. He is faithful and true. Oh, hallelujah. Won't forget His own. Amen. He's my companion. He's my companion. Oh, my best friend. The only true God. There's no one greater, oh wonderful Savior, my Jesus, the Lion of Judah, that's our God. Oh, His strength never faileth, He goes through the fire just to save a sinner. Yes, He is Almighty, sent His angels to guide me. The great enforcer, hallelujah, God Almighty. Oh, I'll fight your battles. Oh, yes, He will stand for you. I know your victory will come, not the way you think it should, but my great Jehovah just loves a paradox. Just stay in your position and watch the miraculous come into
praise this morning hallelujah 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 amen i'm gonna ask the brothers if they would just come as we prepare to go to prayer this morning and brother ben drake would you come please open the service for us in a word of prayer we don't have any written prayer requests but we know there are many needs in the body many needs that have been made known to us over the past few weeks and we can just continue to remember those Amen. Do you need healing? Do you need a touch from the Lord? Do you need God to work on an impossible situation in your life? Hallelujah. There's nothing impossible for God, saints. I trust you believe that this morning. Amen. Let's believe together as our brother Ben would come. Open the service for us. Thank you, brother Ben. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, we just come before you. Lord, with just our hearts open, Lord, to receive from you this morning for what the... Lord, there's a man who's set himself aside. And Lord, you've come down and placed something upon his heart that's going to meet the people. Lord, you know every need, Lord. Everyone that's here, everyone that's out and abroad, Lord, over the internet waves. And who would hear this service, Lord, in the future? Lord, there would be a need, Lord, and there would be a word that would come and meet that need. We're so thankful, Lord, oh God, that over... This particular season, Lord, there was a messenger that came down 
There was a life, Lord, that was saved and preserved, Lord, that would bring forth a prophetic message, Lord, that would straighten out the scriptures, Lord, and many questions that we'd have in our hearts, O oh God. And Lord, we're benefit of that, Lord Jesus, as we can stand here and receive truth, Lord, word after word after word that can lift us up and bring us back to that perfection, Lord, that we heard about on Wednesday, Lord. Lord, when one fell, Lord, another came back, Lord, and brought back perfection, that bloody lambskins, Lord, that we can be covered, Lord, this morning and be able to come into the Holy of Holies, Lord, and receive word, lip to ear, Lord. Come into that inner veil, O God, and just receive the word, Lord, for our portion, Lord, for our, our time, Lord. Our time is now, Lord Jesus. We receive that word, Lord, that beautiful word, Lord, that is there for us. And we just remember our loved ones, Lord Jesus, to remember those that have gone astray, Lord, where Satan has tricked them, tricked their minds, Lord Jesus, into believing the, something false, Lord. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you send the Holy Spirit. Reach out, O oh God. Is that in force of the word, Lord Jesus? We just raise their names before your throne of grace, O oh God. That you would intercede, we would just intercede upon their lives, O oh God. Many, Lord, year after year we've been praying and laboring, Lord Jesus, for their lives. One day is going to come and manifest, Lord. And we stand here and believing in faith, Lord Jesus. That faith would reach out, O oh God, to each one. O oh God, this word is going to meet every, every request, Lord, that we have. And we ask, so, dear Father, that you would... Take the word, Lord, minister to the needs, give strength to our precious brothers that minister and the ones that go out overseas, Lord Jesus. Lord, Uganda, remember that, and China, Lord God, each and every place, Lord, that your word is going forth. We see the, this message going back to the east again, Lord. Our time is almost up, but while we're here, Lord Jesus, let us be a witness, Lord, and stand firm, stand strong, Lord. All these years, Lord, we're still standing strong, Lord God. And we just appreciate what you do for us each and every day, Lord Jesus, as we grow day by day, Lord. Lord, let us just lift one another up and keep strengthening the bride around the world, O God. We thank you now. We just commit this offering to you. May it go where the need is, Lord Jesus. Bless the singing. Bless each one that plays a part in this in the service this morning, Lord, we pray. We just commit this day and all that will be said and done to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you, saints, as you have your seats. We take up the morning offering. I'm going to invite our sister Jean Watkins, Sister Anna Hope, come sing for us. Glad to have our sister Jean with us. God bless you. And maybe just as they come and prepare, we can just sing, uh, Father in heaven, we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Oh, Father in heaven,
Good morning, Saints. I'm from Beaufort, South Carolina. Brother Jason Watkins is my son. He's our pastor. It's been asked that I tell a little bit about this song. I'm not a songwriter. I've, I've written several songs, but this song come to my heart months ago from things Brother Brenham said. I don't mean to be emotional, but uh, home times come. Let's go. And that's the name of the song. So most of you know, I just recently lost my husband of 60 years and uh, he's just on the other side of the veil and I'm happy for him. His trials are over. So y'all just, um, I hope this is a blessing to you. Come, let's go. Home times come, let's go. Gates are standing wide open, streets are paved with gold. Let's go. Home times come, let's go. Home times come, let's go. Gates are standing wide open, streets are paved with gold let's go Jesus promised that he'd come back again to take us home to live with him to that land beyond the sky where God's people will never die home times come let's go home times come let's go are standing wide open, streets are paved with gold, let's go, home times come, let's go, home times come, let's go, gates are standing wide open, streets are paved with gold, let's go, seven church ages have come and gone. Now we know it's time to go home. Paint your conscience and watch and pray. Jesus could come just any day. Home times come, let's go. Home times come, let's go. Gates are standing wide open. Streets are paved with gold, let's go. Home wait to be in that land for I know I'm in God's plan been invited to the marriage of the lamb now I know I'm heaven bound home times come let's go home times come let's go gates are standing wide open streets are paved with gold let's go home times come let's go 
streets are paved with gold. Let's go. Gates are standing wide open. Streets are paved with gold. Let's go. Let's go. Praise the Lord. You want to go home, saints? Amen. I enjoyed that. God bless you, Sister Jean. Be with you as you make your way home. Amen. We're going to invite our brother Mark Ajo and the Rivas brothers have a song for us just before we turn the service to brother Tom. We have a baptism today, so we have a full, full day, and we're certainly thankful for what God is doing. Let's sing that chorus, Beulah Land, as the brothers come and prepare. I'm longing for you. We'll just sing the chorus. Beulah always travels down it used to be on the mountain tops where the eagle soared now it seems we can hardly keep our children anymore 
It used to be so fresh and new. The first love was divine. I was the empty vessel. You were the filling wine. It's like a faded memory, a dream I can't recall. Every now and then I hear a distant, urgent call. Where do we find him? Right where we left him. How do we get back the way we came? Remember now from whence you fall in the works you did at first. There's a sap waiting for your eyes and a water for your thirst. Come out of her, my precious bride, be spotless and be pure. The God of Elijah is here.
apologize to Brother Ben. I told him I was done afterwards, but <laughs> I think I need a piano still, Brother Ben, wherever you are. Or Sister Linda, maybe one of you could come. Sorry, that was a song leader mistake there. Amen. You ready for the word this evening? We're going to invite our brother Tom to come at this time. And uh, pianist or no pianist, we can sing the same God. I look back on history, see the mighty God unveiled. Amen. That's key of F. Oh, I look back on history, I see the mighty God unveiled. He's proving over and over that His Word can never fail. But I can't keep on dwelling on some past each and every one of us this morning is the same God that's present to meet your needs. There's an age, the Bible says, that they had no need of God. But there's a people at that time that have a great need. And we need Him this morning to come and speak to us individually, personally. 
So let's bow our heads and invite our lovely Lord Jesus. We invite you to come, to speak, to deal, to move, to revelate us, Lord. Father, our hearts are open to you. We're asking that you be the very healer of our soul, spirit and body, Lord. You're the mighty God that has been unveiled in this generation. We don't have to look back on history. There is a prophet that came in this day that lifted you up out of history to proclaim the very presence of the great I Am amongst His people. Lord, not just amongst us, but living in us. And so, Lord, we're here to proclaim the goodness of God and the grace of God within our lives. Lord, we personally need you this morning. You indeed are the healer of the broken pieces. And Father God, we just ask that you would come and meet every need in Jesus' name. Amen. He's a personal God. And that personal God is living in you. Amen. I'd like you to turn if you, without any further delay, you can tell it's holiday time, long weekend time, different saints and families are away, and we need to pray for them, as I'm sure they're praying for us today. I'd like to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 22. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. The Bible reads, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. I'd like, let's read it together if you don't mind. I think this is very applicable, especially in this age. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, we've read your word. You're the author of it. Would you inspire it and open to us, Lord? the content that we have read, make it real and alive within all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats. As it's been said, we have a baptism right after the service. So we have one service today. And I I just want to mind the Lord, what the Lord would have to speak to us this morning. I'd like to take a thought here of this unfeigned love And this love of God that we proclaim, that we say we are living in the capstone age with the capstone being love itself, I think then this scripture is very apparent that it's not just something we say out of our lips or out of of, uh, memory, but that it would be something that's living deep within us. And we have a, a lot of professors, they profess, but we have to be possessors. We can profess something, and that's good. 
And that might be the right mental attitude towards it. But saints, we've got to be a manifestation of the word of God that has been declared for us. I'd like to read it one more time because I pray that the Holy Spirit would punctuate it within our hearts this morning. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. This is not something that you learn to do. This is not a scripture we're talking about that you learn that I must love one another. If the author of love himself is in us, it should be an automatic response within our own hearts and lives that we don't have to say that we have to do it. We just do it. It should be automatic. Brother Bram said in the message that day at Calvary, he said, don't forget to get this church. Keep this in your heart forever. It was so unconsciously done. This has to be an unconscious faith of love to one another. Not that it's just something we sit down and we have learned the message. We don't want to learn the message. We want that message to be alive in us. We have a coin phrase and we often hear it. The message. And I've often said, and I take a quote out of the token. Brother Bram said, the message is Christ. So I am in Christ this morning. I'm not in a message as such as another group of people. I am in Christ because this message is Jesus Christ. Then, saints, it moves us from a realm of having to do something to that you might realize this morning that it's automatic. If you've had that day at Calvary, it's automatic. A lot of people come because the prophet says the doors are open, you should be there. That's the letter of the message. Now let's get into the life of the message. The doors are open, I want to be there. Do you understand the difference? There's a big difference between me telling you you have to love Brother Victor. I love them anyway. I don't have to do anything. But if the love of God is in me, then it should be an automatic. Brother Bram said it's automatic. People don't do it as a line of duty. We're getting the theme here. A man that gives you something or other because he ought to do it. A man that feeds you because he ought to do it. He has a selfish idea. It's not an ought to do. It's your wanting to do. It should be your very life. And it should be your very action. I don't have to serve the body. I love to serve the body. Brother Bram said this in Why Was It Shepherds? It's according to the word. They were so blind to it. Their theology blinded them to it. Brother Bram said that theology 
that blinded them to it was such a tragedy. It was a tragedy because they made the word do's and don'ts. He said that was a tragedy. He says that's the danger of rejecting Christ. That's the danger. Tomorrow or some other time, you get so hard so you become calloused. You don't want nothing about it. And that's what this world is today. It's getting so callous they don't want this automatic life. They don't want this Christ. They want their luxuries and they want their things. We're just laying a little foundation here. This is what the world is yearning for. And because they yearn for Laodicea, they become calloused. And becoming calloused is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. A tragedy is a hardship that causes people to be hardened and to be calloused and to look at one another as though you're an individual, you take care of your own life, I'll take care of my own life. That is not the gospel. This whole spirit of the age of it's all about me. And if you ever get around a person that all they want to talk about is their hardships and their problems and their ups and their downs, they are becoming calloused. Calloused. Because they put Christ out of their life, they put Christ out of their conversation. And Brother Bram said that is becoming a tragedy. Because if you've got an automatic life, you will live for others. How do you tell that you've got true Christianity? Everybody knows the quote. How do you tell that Christianity or the unfeigned love of the brother is in you? You will live for one another. You won't put down one another. You will lift up one another. You will strengthen one another. You will encourage one another. Can I hear an amen? Amen. This is very important. You'll encourage your wife. You'll encourage your husband. You'll encourage your children. You'll encourage one another. It's automatic. This is not something you have to do because you say, I'm a Christian. You're not looking at the fault of one another and become a fault finder. But you're becoming now more like Christ who looks beyond your faults. Amen. Well, Brother Tom, we wanted a raw, raw message. No, this is down to earth. We're your living message. We're separated from Laodicea. We have no part of Laodicea. We don't want Laodicea. They want their luxuries and things. I want to serve the body. I want to serve Christ. It's very important, saints, that you get your eyes off of yourself and start living for others, for that is Christianity. Brother Bram said in Revelation chapter 5, verse, I'm sorry, verse 1, Revelation chapter 5, book 1, he said, the greatest thrill I have is for living for, you know the quote, the greatest thrill I have is living for others. That's what life is. 
makes life real. That is why you are seeing it. life around you is unreal. It's unreal. People are running here, running there. They're heaping to themselves pleasure. But there's a people that wants this become more real. The greatest thrill I have is living for others. That's what life is. Makes life real is what you can do not or accomplish for yourself, but what you can do for Who's the others? The person that's sitting behind you, beside you, in front of you? Listen, saints, we don't need to help the devil find one another's faults. Shall I say that again because that might help somebody? I don't want to help the devil look at one another and say, Aha, you see that problem? You see where they're at? That is the devil. And the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. I thought you're to love one another with unfeigned love. Now, this is basic, basic life, but it's basic living. It's living in God, living in Christ. Not knowing about the message, but living the message, living Jesus Christ. What can you do? Look around the room. What can you do for the pastor? What can you do for the ministry? What can you do for deacons? What can you do for trustees? What can you do for the church? But a lot of times people have motives of what they're doing. And when you're doing that for a motive, you've lost the blessing. You've already got your blessing by whatever you did. But remember, saints, this isn't something we do because we have motive. It's something to do because we've got a life. It comes out of you automatically. We got the point? Seeing that you have purified your souls and obeying the truth. This message is truth. We need to wash ourselves with the message, which is Jesus Christ. It's not just something you say, well, I've heard that message a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or a year ago. Saints of God, this is my diet. This is your diet. People love favorite restaurants. I love, this is my favorite restaurant. If I could put it crassly and carnally, God forgive me. But this is my diet. This has to be our diet. Eating the body word of the Son of Man. Then it's automatic life. When you see people stagnate and they got problems and they look at other people's problems, they aren't living for others. I, I've said this years ago and I read it a long time, probably 20, 30 years ago. And it was um, Carl Menginger. And I always say that word wrong anyway, so anybody want to look it up, I guess you can look it up. But he was a Christian psychiatrist and this lady no she had a multitude of problems myriad of problems problems that you just just unsolvable problems so she came to this christian psychologist and she wanted to pour out her problems he said no you don't have to pour your problems out to me she says then what do i do he says you go to the other side of the tracks in this city and you start doing something for somebody. And that will change your nature. At the end of the paper, she comes back. 
She says, I'm a new person. She didn't even have to tell her problems. All she was doing was living as the prophet said for others. And it set herself free from her problems because there's always somebody that's got a bigger problem. You say, well, I got this humongous problem. Well, then you need to walk it in somebody else's shoes and say they got a bigger problem. But he's the problem solver. He's the problem solver. Because what happens that that problem mounts up and you keep rubbing the skin and calluses start happening. And then all of a sudden you're hardened. God doesn't speak to me. And saints of God, we need a tender heart towards our lovely Lord Jesus. Could you turn to Psalms chapter 147 and verse 3, please? As you're turning to that, I want you to, un, uh, to understand what the meaning of the word unfeigned love of the brethren. That means it's a sincere love of the brethren. It's without, without pretension. It's not pretending. Paul is saying it very clearly. We are to have unfeigned love for the brethren. And, and you've done this through the truth. The truth will give you that love for the brethren. It's not a pretender love. It's a true love. There's no hypocrisy to it. This is just definition, but it's good for you. It's not putting a hypocrisy to your love to have a motive for doing something To make yourself look better. We understand that. We always tell our children. You don't need to put somebody down. To make yourself look better. Daddy should have said amen to that. You want to lift somebody else up. And that's what they said about the prophet. When you got into his presence. It's always he lifted you up. We need to nail this down. Because this is unfeigned love. It's not pretentious love. It's not pretending love. It's genuine love. Paul uses it six times in the New Testament. Timothy's faith was not an act. It was of love. It was God himself living his faith unfeigned. It was a perfect love. It was a genuine love. It was a faith that God had given him. And this is automatic. It's not like you get a problem and all of a sudden you pray, Lord, help me through this problem. You've got the solvent problem living in you. And you can walk through that trial confident that the God that saved you is in you is going to solve your problem. We're always looking for somebody else to solve our problem. We don't need somebody else to solve our problem. We need the solver himself to let us come to the realization he's the one that will solve your problem. People have counselors and they go to counselors and counselors and everybody's got a different theory on how you should handle your problem. But I've got the great counselor. You have the great counselor. 
That is the Word Himself that's given you counsel in this generation. Every problem you and I will ever have is solved by the opening of His Word. I'm astounded at the amount of people I counsel and talk to. Have you searched this out in the message yourself? No, you know it, minister. No, just a second. It's not us knowing it. It's you knowing it. It's you becoming what your problem is. And watch God solve it through your faith in Him. Automatic. Brother Ram says in White Christ Speak, he said, Samson didn't have a prayer meeting when the thousand Philistines were on him. He never got down on his knees and said, oh God, there's a thousand Philistines, what do I do now? Brother Ram said he already knew who he was by the word of God. And the anointing came to anoint the seed of faith that was in him. And God conquered the thousand Philistines. Does everybody understand that? We're always looking to flesh. I'm looking to the unseen hand. I'm looking to the mighty God that's been unveiled before us in this generation. If you keep looking to flesh, flesh is going to fail you. You must look to the Lamb of God. He alone is able to save you. He alone is able to deliver you. If we start looking and leaning and looking and leaning, we'll end up being Pharisees of this glorious truth. He's got the answer. He's got the truth. No, there's one that has the answer and the truth. It's in the message. It's in the word. You have a problem. We've got the problem solver. Anybody here got a problem this morning? Well, I have a little bit of a problem. Well, well, that's why we're preaching this morning. You won't have a problem by the time you leave here. The only reason you have a problem is because you're limiting God to your understanding of what God is. If you go into what God is, He's greater than every problem you'll ever, ever have. Learning to lean. That's a great song. Learning to lean. There's going to be a time where you pass not learning. You know you've leaned. Did you turn to Psalms 43? I'm sorry, 147 verse 3. The Bible says, He healeth the broken heart and bindeth up their wounds. Can we read that together, please? He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Who does? Who? I think David writes on to say this. He telleth the number of the stars and he calls them all by their name. That's now showing you omnipotence. So now, David's writing here, 147 and verse 3. He healeth. The broken in heart bindeth up their wounds. Who does that? He that telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. Oh, you say, well, I, I've read that and I know that. Well, let's start blowing our mind about the number of what we're talking about. Then verse 5 says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Does everybody read what I read this morning? Well, then if you go to the number of stars, and of course, over the years I preached on the stars and numbers of stars. But how many have ever gone to a beach? 
Anybody here ever gone to a beach? Everybody in, ever been in a, in a desert? Anybody seen a picture of the Sahara Desert? It seems like it goes on forever and ever and ever. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? Every beach, every desert, there's a lot of sand. Can everybody say amen? Because we're talking about an infinite God. We're talking about a God that can meet every need that you have that's present here this morning. We're not talking about somebody that's got limitations. He's unlimited. I'm so sick and tired of watching Satan run over God's anointed people. It's about time we ran him out of here. Know who we are. This is not a thought. This is not something I learned. It's something that came in me. It conquered Satan in my life. It conquered the devil in your life. Then if he did that, he will continue to do it. Because he's got a purpose in mind that is to change you into the atoms. Do you understand that? He didn't save you to sit here in Cloverdale Bible Way. He saved you to transport you into heaven. This is just along the journey. There is a people. I'm going to get it, Lord willing. I'm going to get it. Brother Branham declares it this day, this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is the last generation. Come on, say amen. This is the last generation. We'll get to it. You can rest your soul on that statement. This is the last generation. That we'll see, this generation will see the coming of the Lord. He healeth the broken in heart. Everybody, are you with me? I really want to put the devil. I want to get him. Because you know what? He gets on every one of your case. But we need to take the word of God for faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. He's a mighty God. He's your El Gabor. He's a mighty God that's been unveiled before us. He's bigger than any problem. You say, you've got a problem. My God's bigger than that problem. You have to take this automatically. It's automatic in you. Heal us. The wounds. He's greater. Great is our God and greater is His power. His understanding is infinite. How great is He? He can number the stars. He telleth the number of the stars. And He calls them all by name. How big is this God? I just asked you. Desert. You said, well, I... I, I, have, I've been to the Mojave Desert. A lot of sand. I've seen pictures of the Sahara Desert. A lot of sand. I've been to Hawaii. That's a lot of sand. I've been to White Rock. A lot of sand. Mm-hmm. A lot of grains of sand. How many, Brother Mark? More than we could even comprehend. More than we could ever know. But science will tell you the amount of stars are five to ten times greater than all the sand in any desert and any beach put together. You say, that's an incredible number. That's an incredible God. 
You say, you try to put numbers to it. It's so vast we can't understand it. But to think that every grain of sand has five to ten stars more than its grain. And that's how big my God is. That's how big your God is. Don't limit God this morning. He's unlimited. He's infinite. He knows every star by name. I can hardly remember everybody's name in in the Sunday school classroom. In fact, I have a problem with my own sons. I'll say Joel, but I meant Sam. And then I'll say Mike, but I meant Joel. God never makes a mistake. He never makes a mistake. He knows your situation. He knows your problem. And he's the healer of it. Can you say amen? I'm not going to let the devil do any more this morning. I am tired of that enemy. We got the solver of your problems. Hallelujah. Your daughter's backslidden. You tell her that. You tell her she's going to get saved. You tell her your God is greater than the devil that's binding her. In fact, I bind Satan. It's not a shake of your head. It's not like mental, uh, mental mind over matter. This is you speaking the word. Brother Bram said, you accept it, you believe it, you confess it. I just got a few of them here, printed here. Accept it, believe it, confess it. Amen. Accept God's promise. Believe God's promise. Confess God's promise. He said, well, how many times did he do it? That's your homework. He said it once, that's enough. Says it twice, that's more than enough. He's the healer. He will, he will heal the broken heart. He will bind up your womb. Wound, sorry. He is the healer of the broken hearted. Anybody have been broken hearted? That means you've been grief stricken. You say, somebody's got a broken heart. They've been grief stricken. It means they've been inconsolable. They are depressed, heavily, heavy hearted, forlorn, downcast, sad, overwhelmed, disappointed. Did anybody ever have this problem? You don't have it no more? Because he's the one that healeth the broken heart. That's either true or it's false. Are you going to call God a liar? I'd never call God a liar. His word is true. And he vindicates his word. How does he prove his word? Brother Ramson, in proving his word, he proves his word by you. Amen. Praise the Lord. He healeth the brokenhearted. He heals the grief-stricken. He heals the inconsolable. He heals the depressed. He heals the heavy-hearted. He heals the forlorn. He heals the cast down. Somebody say amen. Amen. This is not an English class where you're going to get a test. Just say, that's true. I was forlorn. I was sad. I was overwhelmed. I was depressed. But then Jesus came. 
Hallelujah. His word came. Amen. Tragedies. Tragedy. Brother Rand said a tragedy is somebody that knows they can be free, but refuses to be free. Oh my, oh my, oh my. My, oh my, oh my. That would be a tragedy this morning. Life is filled with tragedies. I heard a tragedy the other day. Sister Joanne told me about it. I didn't hear about it. She said there was a, a, an older woman driving in, in Saskatchewan and she smashed into another family. Mother and father and a six-year-old, four-year-old and a two-year-old all killed. And I, I thought, Lord, you so protect your children. You so protect us. I'm not saying they aren't God's children, but God protects His own. And I'm so thankful that that is not a tragedy in my life. But I know that if you have a tragedy, God's able to turn your tragedy to victory. He's not going to allow your tragedy to become callous. He's going to allow you to come into the presence of His tenderness and tenderize that portion or that spot. That's becoming hard if you let it. That's if you let it. If you let it. Hardened against, by the way, hardened against the ministry. Hardened against what? Why? Saints, just let go of the hardness. Let go of it. Just let go of it. It's a tragedy, the prophet said, to know that the door is open for you to be free and you don't take it. That's the tragedy. The door is Christ. And Christ has opened up a way for your deliverance. And you don't walk through it. That's a tragedy. Tragedy. The Bible says in Isaiah 1, we have the time, so why don't we turn to Isaiah chapter 1. I'm sorry, Isaiah 61, 1. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit... Of the Lord is upon me because, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up what? The brokenhearted. He's the one that healeth the brokenhearted. He's the one that binds up the broken heart. He binds up the broken heart. To proclaim bondage. No. no. So what, what, is the out, what is the outflow? What's the outflow of binding the broken heart? What's, what's the outflow of it? To bind up the broken heart. To proclaim liberty to the captives. 
and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That's my God. That's my God who can tell every star by name. That's my God. To proclaim, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all them that, what? Mourn. He's the healer. He's the peace giver. Amen. Now let's, let's take a look at this. To bind up the brokenhearted. To bind up the heavy heart. Those that are forlorn. Those that are downcast. Those that are sad. Those that are overwhelmed. Those that have been disappointed. Those that are miserable or depressed. So after this service, there's no more depression. There's nobody here that's going to be miserable. Sad. Forlorn. Grief stricken. Amen. Here he is to bind up the brokenhearted. That bind up means to wrap up or to envelop, envelop it or to dam it up, to stop it from flowing. Stop you from complaining. Stop you from being unbelieving. He's going to stop it. He's going to dam it up. He's going to bind Satan. No more, devil. No more, devil. Why? Because saints go, God, the devil starts coming to us. And there becomes then an outflow. And in that outflow comes miserable statements. Miserable thoughts. But he's come to bind it up. So there there be a damning of it. A stopping of it. As a river is dammed, it cannot flow anymore. You won't have a negative thought any longer. Hallelujah. It's to bind it up. In the Hebrew means to be damning it up. It means to stop it up. It's to hold it back. Let's turn to Luke 4, 17. Brother Bram talks about the prophecy of Isaiah 61. Being fulfilled in Luke chapter 4, 800 years laying there. Messiah was to come. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, talking about Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him a book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it's written. He found himself in the book. He found himself where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind 
and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What a fulfillment. What a fulfillment. Jesus fulfilled the scripture. Is that true? Here was the prophecy. We read the prophecy. Now we've read Luke chapter 4, the fulfillment of Luke's prophecy. True? Then today, a prophet comes on the scene, and the same scenario starts to unfold. And he goes to open the Bible, and he couldn't find himself in the book. But then there was a priest came and gave him a book. And like somebody said years ago, back into the log church, he said, just think of it, when that Bible was produced on that assembly line, it had to have those pages stuck. Waiting for his wife to give it to him as a Christmas present. So that he could come to the pulpit and find himself in the Bible. So he finds himself now in the Bible. So we have prophecy, we have Jesus fulfilling his part, then we have a prophet come today fulfilling his part. Now, what's our part? We see what Jesus' part was. We see what Brother Bram's part is. But what's our part? It's a good question, isn't it? We'll probably keep the remaining of the service in that vein. That's the thought that I'd like to get across. Jesus did his part. Brother Branham did his part. Now, saints of God, what's our part? What is our part? My Bible says, your Bible says in Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And the peace that passes all understanding shall be kept in your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. John 20 and 21 says, Then Jesus said to them, Peace. I be unto you, and as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. We have a part to play in the Scripture. Jesus, Brother Bram said, fulfilled all the Old Testament. And His bride will fulfill all the New Testament. So then we have a ministry... To help bind up the brokenhearted. Come on. Stay with me. And to heal the brokenhearted. We have a part to play. We can't always put it off on Jesus or always on Brother Branham. There is a part that you and I need to play. Jesus found himself in the book. Brother Branham found himself in the book. Surely there was a book that was open in this generation that you can find yourself in that book. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. It's automatic. Come on, saints. It's automatic. The works that I do, shall you do also. Then it's the word. As Jesus sent me, so send I you. Jesus sends you. But not only does he send you, he comes in you. 
And the works that he did then, he does the same because the word is made flesh in human flesh and manifests itself in light in you. So now, saints, let's just rewind a bit. There are many that are brokenhearted. Many that need that healing. Many that need that binding of that heart. Then there's got to be somebody present today that God is using to be able to reach out to those people. It's automatic. It's not something now that's learned. Automatic. And I read out of Christ the mystery God revealed. And as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Jesus said, the Father that sent him went in him to vindicate himself. For he was the word. That same Jesus sends you. He doesn't send you to help them out in their brokenness, to fan the fire. Oh yeah, it is terrible. I can't believe what they're doing. That is not our part. Our part is to stop the damn it up. Come on, we're to stop that division. We're to stop one another tearing each other apart. Not fanning the fire. Oh, you're right, brother. She did. I mean, that. let that go. We're to bind it up and we're to heal them. Jesus said this. Brother Bram said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Jesus said, the Father that sent him went in him to vindicate himself. For he was the word. And that same Jesus sends you and goes with you and is in you vindicating the same God. Hmm. We sing this chorus and we all get, we all get all that. To be like Jesus. Oh, and we just get lost in it. We get lost in the song. Good that you do. But how about getting lost in the word? Not just got lost in the melody and just do what the word says to do. The word was in Jesus and God vindicated. But now that word is in you and he vindicates you by the same God. As the Father has sent me, I live by the Father, so I send you. You live by me. What is he? He is the word. You live by that word. And the Father that sent me went with him. And the Father that sends you, Jesus, goes in you. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Found your spot. Your spot. Verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
He said unto him, What is written in the law, how readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he was willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? So now we're going to look into a parable. And we'll find out whether it's automatic or not. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man. He didn't say Jew. He didn't say Arab, Samaritan. He didn't say whether he was rich or he was poor. He just says a certain man. So that certain man, you can put your name there. There was a certain man. Went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And fell amongst thieves. Was stripped him of his raiment. And wounded him. And departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, or that means by chance or by divine providence or by destiny there was now something going to happen and by chance there came a certain priest that way and when he saw him he passed by the other side not automatic you had another reason to occupy your time He felt something was more important than reaching out to his neighbor. And likewise, by chance, likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Was it automatic? They served God. They sacrificed for God, but couldn't sacrifice themselves. They knew all about serving God, but not living for God. But then the Bible says here, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, And when he saw him, he had compassion. He had compassion. When we're supposed to, when we're called to, do God his due service. There are people that have so many excuses. To forego what they should be doing. I've got to do this. I won't come to service because of this. It's more important than the word being open. Let me just say something to you. How many of us are message believers, Bible believers, in Christ believers? I am. I'm sure the whole sanctuary is. There's nothing more important in this church than the opening of the word that comes over a pulpit. 
If you find yourself doing something other than being in a church of God when the doors open, you are not doing God a service. It's all laid out in the message. But we've got other things we have to do. Really. When we say, God is my everything, you, you turn your back on the word? No, sorry. Sorry. I don't know what you are doing or what you think you're doing. But there's nothing more important than the word being opened and God speaking. We don't have two churches in a church. Everybody understand that? There's no two churches in a church. You doing your thing, and then we doing our thing in here. This is what we do. Men of God had laid before the throne of grace to break the word of God. And we got something better to do in another room. We've got excuses. Levites had an excuse. Pharisees had an excuse. God help us never to have an excuse. That when there is a need, that I can put my shoulder to the wheel and say amen to what's coming over that pulpit. To know that whatever's coming over there, God's got something for me. It's not a choice. It's what we're called to. But we're finding a Pharisee and we're finding a Levite that had just something other to do. Than to reach out to the brothers. Sisters. And a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil, wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Brother Bram said he took the oil and the wine. He gave them two coins at the end. He said, that's the spirit and the word. And that was the oil and the wine. That was the stimulation of revelation. And he just throws that down there. There's nothing greater than the stimulation that comes by revelation. And that is what the people need for their healing. Is pouring in the oil and the wine. And that's why then it was said, hurt not the oil and the wine. The Samaritan went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was going downhill. Brother Bram said he was going down. So I looked up the elevation. The elevation of Jerusalem was 2,500 feet above sea level. And Jericho was 850 feet above sea level. So you can see it's a downward slide. Trouble caught him unawares. But did he know that that trouble was going to catch him unawares? I wonder what he was like the day before it happened. I wonder what he may be with his family, rejoicing with his friends. Maybe he was doing something that was just so natural and so casual. But then the next day, tragedy happened. And many times, saints, we just do natural things. That seems so natural, but we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. But we know one thing. God is going to be there. Not people that learned it, but people that automatically live it. They're going to reach out to help you. People many times don't want to let people know what their problems are, and I respect that. But I never came from that sort of branch of the tree. 
I don't, I don't talk about my problems. You don't hear about my problems. But when I have a deep, deep problem, I know that if one can send a thousand, I know two can send ten thousand. And I know that God's got people that are in the assembly that can join with me and take me out of my tragedy. We just go down a natural road. This gentleman was just going down a natural road. It was, it was going down. He was going down to Jericho. And so was the priest, by the way, and so was the Levite. And they were going that way, but they didn't reach out to help. They weren't burdened for that brother that's next to you. They didn't want to reach out to that sister that actually has a need. But then there came one that we can say, he came to me. He was going down the road and there was, that, there was a, if you look it up, I looked it up under Josephus, Jerome, different historians about that road from, Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho. And they said it was a downhill slide. It was 2,500 feet in elevation to 850 feet. But before they could get to Jericho, there was a pass that they had to go through. And in Arabic, it was called the pass of blood. They had to go through the pass of blood. To get to their destination. And I thought God how great you are. You can look at that tragedy and say it's tragedy. But my God turns my tragedy around to his victory. I can lay it down and go through the pass of blood. And let the blood of Jesus Christ do its eternal work within my life. Turns my sorrow into. Turns our sorrow into bliss. Turns our sorrow into joy. Turns our tragedy into a testimony. He was a hopeless case by the view of the priest or by the view of the Levite. He was left there to die. He was half dead, the scripture said. He was half dead. But the God that knows your every footstep Knows your every trial and knows your every need. You can't say, I was only half dead, Brother Tom. But I was fully dead. But then Jesus came. We didn't leave us half dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. But then Jesus came and he healed you through the revelation of who he is. He fell to misfortune. Anybody ever here had a misfortune? Thank you, Brother Hugh. There's one honest soul here. Anybody here have misfortune? We've had misfortune. Sure we have. Of course we have. And he was passing by a misfortune. And we will have hurts. And we will have tragedies. And we will have trials and tribulation. But it's not to complain It's not to fan the fire. It's not to encourage one another in their self-pity. But to lift them up. And do your parts as Jesus did his part. Found himself in the scripture. Prophet finds himself in the scripture. You must find yourself in the scripture. To bind up the broken heart. And to heal the broken heart. 
He was a picture of a fallen man, but a fallen man made whole. Don't, Brother Bram said, don't allow me to paint a picture of always how I was. Paint the picture of what you are now. Don't always look back and say, I was, a, I was this and I was that. And glorifying sin. We don't want to glorify sin. We want to glorify God. In that sin, I was lost. I was dead. But then Jesus came. We were bruised. Amen. We were battered. Absolutely. We weren't just half dead. We were fully dead. But Jesus comes to his elect. Did everybody say amen? amen? Jesus comes to his elect. How does he do it? He brings the word to his children. Amen. Then if the word is living in us, then there's something that lives automatic to us that we want to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Bind up the brokenhearted. Then can you say that certain man was you? Or can I say that certain man was me? We were restored, not just physically, we were restored mentally, spiritually. Amen. He restored us from our hurtings, from our, 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 our trouble, did he not? To your grief-stricken nature, to your inconsolable nature. Nobody can console me, but Jesus can. But I, I was miserable. I was depressed. Jesus can take you out of your depression. And you need to say amen to that. Because He is the God that healeth the broken heart. And that God is living in every brother and sister that's beside you. And everybody needs to say amen. I need to reach out to that sister in front of me, behind me, beside me. Because God is living in me. Don't just leave it to the preacher or the deacon or the elder in the church. God is living in you. Find yourself in the open book. Find yourself as the bride of Jesus Christ. When that lamb took that book, Brother Branham said he did not take it for himself. He took it for you and I to show you, you are anointed. Come on, people. Stay with me. You are the anointed bride. Hallelujah. The anointing, now listen to me. The anointing, Brother Brown said, is not emotion. Is everybody listening? It's not emotion. The anointing is absolute supreme authority. Hallelujah. The anointing that comes on the people, or can I say the bride of Jesus Christ, it's not an emotion. It's not by your feelings. It's by that supreme power that is living in you, taking control over the situation. Amen. It's God living in you. Everybody get that? I got the life of God in me. Come on. I've got the life of God in me. i got His life, His nature. Is everybody in the balcony actually say that? Or are you just watching me? 
Brother Kim, you believe that? I know you do. I've got the life of God in me. You've got to believe the life of God's in you. Then if that life is in you, you will reach out to the brokenhearted. I'm not saying that you don't do it. I just say we need to do it more. We don't need divisions in the church. We don't need people getting hot-headed and complaining about this direction and that direction. Jesus never did it. He reaches out to heal them. He reaches out. Brother Branham said, now this, now I'll give you the full quote here. And now we think, it was such an anointing. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And it was upon him. Can I say the Spirit of the Lord is upon you? He says, now, the Spirit of the Lord, the anointing was on him. It was prophesied 800 years before. He was a type of the anointing, the full blessing. The anointing of the Lord was on him. He would have want to run all over the building. He says, you would want to have to run all over the building, streaming and holler. But the Bible said he laid down the scroll. You thought, well, I got the anointing on me, and the anointing's on me, and you're going to run around the church, you're going to shout and scream and hallelujah. He said when the anointing was on him, he just laid the scroll down. He didn't run around. He didn't gauge himself on how loud he shouted. He just laid the scroll down, Brother Bram said. He just laid the scroll down. Yes, sir. He just laid it down and sat down. He didn't run around the church like Pentecost was doing. Brother Brown was trying to put the church in order. He said, you say, well, we got the anointing. Jesus had the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he started to proclaim the prophecy. And then once that prophecy was made known, he just laid the scroll down. He just sat down and said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And I want to say there is a people that is the blood bought without spot without wrinkle or any such thing. I want to say to you, this day, Ephesians 5 is being fulfilled in your ears. Can you say amen? I got God living in me. It's not by your emotion, it's by your confession. of believing in who, what the word says you are. Accept it, believe it, confess it. He said he just went down, sat down. He said the anointing is not emotion. He said, the anointing is supreme power in control. You say, I am anointed. Then take control of your situation. You bind the devil. Power to bind, power to loose. Bind up the brokenhearted. Don't let it be spoken anymore. Bind that devil. Thus far, Satan, and no further. I take God at His word. I bind the enemy. I claim my liberty. Victory is indeed mine. I've been anointed for it. I don't have to run around, scream and shout. I can just testify. Hallelujah. He was anointed. Not by emotion. But now he's, a, he's anointed for supreme power in control 
knowing exactly what to do now. So now Satan comes onto your territory. You know exactly what to do now. You don't put up with it. You don't tell the scientific you know, explanation of it. Well, you know, we are so smart sometimes we're dumb. We know so much and that's the problem. We need to forget what we think. Take God at his word. I don't care what the medical society says. Medical society told me, chop off your leg. That's what they told me. Chop it off. That's what they thought. I got another thought. I ain't chopping it off. There's got to be another doctor. There's got to be another physician. There's got to be somebody here. I deny that. Then they had another doctor come into me and said, we just need to chop off your leg. You can ski, you can golf, you can do all those things. I said, it's not your leg. Don't tell me what to do with my leg. I'll tell you what to do about your leg. Saints, listen. You know, Brother Bram says, you don't need to pat the devil down. And say, well, devil. Brother Bram said, well, devil, nothing. He says, you tell him what to do. You tell him what to do. You say, I'm anointed. Brother Brown found himself in the Bible. Jesus found himself in the Bible. Find yourself in the Bible. I'm anointed. I'm inspired by my God. Taking supreme control over my situation. Now, what we need to do, should do, but not made to do, because it should be automatic, is when somebody is not fulfilling that part, all you do is reach out and encourage them. Just encourage them. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Not stroke it down and say, oh, that's right. And maybe that won't happen. My God can do anything. If he can name the stars by name. He's the infinite God. He's omnipotent God. And we say every, every sand grain that is on the earth, in every desert and every beach, there is five stars to ten stars to every grain. My God knows every one of their names. And that God is where? Living in me. Living in you. Come on, put a backbone in your back. Sit up straight. Say, just a minute, devil. This is my inheritance. I'm heir to this promise. What Brother Tom is preaching. And I'm not going to let the devil... I'm not giving him any room. I'm not giving him an inch. In fact, the more he goes from me, I get a, I get a bigger barrier. Make him run. For my Bible says, draw nigh to God and the devil shall flee. Draw nigh to his word. Take God at his word. Help one another. Bind up the brokenhearted. Heal the brokenhearted. Do your part in this great commission that God has given us. Brother Bram said in Christ's mystery, God revealed it was the anointed man talking about Jesus. Now it's the anointed people. Oh my, to bring back an anointed bride and the bridegroom. So now our anointing isn't for us yelling and screaming, and even though we might want to do that. But he says now it's taking control of every situation. Hmm. So then that thing that has got me bound, I bind it. Bind the brokenhearted. You bind that devil that's got you looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. Don't let that thing run roughshod over you. You rub roughshod over him. I'm a redeemed son of the Lamb of God. 
Amen. You don't need to defile my mind. I stand pure. I take control of this situation. So I don't have enough money to feed my family. My Bible says if you can't feed your family, you're worse than an infidel. That it's not hardships, it's not hard times, saints. My Bible said he has never seen his seed begging bread. Take God at his word, claim what's yours, drive the devil back, bind that enemy, heal the brokenhearted. That is our position. Amen. We do not come together, Brother Branham said in the token message, we don't come together to talk about the message. We are coming together to get in the message. Amen. Does everybody say amen? Amen. So now, if you've got an ought against a brother, would you do me a favor? Go to him after church. Go to him. There's nothing wrong with that. If you've got an ought against a sister, go to him. doesn't matter whether it's anyone sitting right in front of me. You could have an ought. Say, I, I don't like the way he preaches, or I don't like the way that she said that to me, or I, I, whatever they did me wrong. Why don't you just take the high road? Say, if I've done anything, forgive me. Heal the brokenhearted. Help those that are struggling. Don't start feeding the fire. Start saying, you're right. You've got every right to be mad at that person. You have no right. No right at all. Leave a church. Do something. Saints, you need to heal the brokenhearted. Sisters that are around you, why don't you heal that person? Why don't you bind them in that situation? Let God do a supernatural work for them. But we, we, we like our pity parties. No, I don't like pity parties. I didn't even like tea parties. My sister had a tea party every Sunday or Saturday. And I was the, only, I was the young one in the family. Come on, Tommy, have a tea party with me. Are you kidding me? I never like tea parties and I don't like pity parties. I like word parties. I like to sit around the word, talk about the word, speak the word of God. Take control of a situation. I love a testimony, Brother Sterling. Of how you come and you speak to somebody. Their hearts are one and they want you to pray for them. That's what we need to do. Heal the brokenhearted. We all right? This is the hour we're now living, Brother Ram said. There's trouble on every hand. We didn't know. That man, that certain man that was on the road, he didn't know trouble was on the head. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't even know what this afternoon brings. I got word that one of our brothers in the body of Christ had tore me up. Really tore me up. A young man, younger than me, given just months, maybe a few months to live, brain cancer. Now you tell me, who's got the bigger problem? Is your problem bigger than that one? I thought, Lord, I hope I don't have any problem with any brother here. Because I don't want anything to stand in my prayer. Because your petty problems are nothing compared to that problem. 
And I want to be able to bind my heart with that brother and believe for the supernatural and know my God does not fear cancer. We say it often, but now is the time that we have to put it into practice. I don't want to fall short on my end, saints. I don't want to start coasting now. We're coming to the finish line. They always say the fastest runner to the last. And if this brother's come to that line, I want to be able to put my arm in his. And if I was in that situation, I'd want somebody to put their arm in mine. Not tell me how rotten I am, but to encourage me in the faith. Heal that broken heart. Help that person. See that need. Reach out to that person. We need that unseen love of the brethren. Not a hypocrisy love and not, not love 99.9 and leave that other one that you don't love. Say, let's love everybody. Let the capstone become a mag- magnified within our lives. And if somebody's got a problem this morning and you've got a broken heart, my God's present right now. To heal that broken heart. To reach out to you. To heal you. And to touch you. Because he's not a God just to talk about. He wants to show his glory. And if you've got a need here this morning. And you want to stand to your feet. And you say, I've been downcast, Brother Tom. I've been disappointed. Sure, I have been. I've been grieved. I've been hurt. I've been everything. But I want to stand in the presence of the king. And let him minister to me. And you want to lift up your hands and you want to stand to your feet, you go right ahead. Because this is going to be the close of the service. My Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hate the devil and I love the Lord Jesus. And I'll stand against Satan. I'll stand with you. I'll rebuke that devil. I'll stand toe to toe. Did I do everything right? I've never done everything right. But he's done everything right. And he's given me wine and he's given me oil and stimulated my faith. And I want to stand here this morning to declare he'll heal my broken heart this morning. He'll heal me where I am. He'll heal you where you are. It's not just an oration, Lord. This is your word. It's not just an oration. Jesus, would you pass by this way? Lord, their hearts are open. You're the good Samaritan, Lord. Sometimes we have to pass through the blood. To get a healing, Lord, wash us in the blood of the Lamb. Healer of the broken pieces. Go ahead, Brother Ryan. Why don't you take control of your situation? You say, I'm anointed. I'm the bride. But Ram said, then it's not emotion. He says, you've taken control. Sister Lisa, you want to take control? You want to come up for prayer? You come up for prayer. We're going to take control of this situation. We're going to bind a broken heart. Because my God's here to heal the brokenhearted also. Oh, Jesus. Precious Lord Jesus. Our sisters, 
finished with this thing. Can the church of the living God say amen? Hallelujah. Maybe you got something you want to commit to the Lord Jesus. Say, Brother Tom, it's not going to be a motion this time. I'm just going to take God at His word. I accept it. I believe it. And now I confess it in the name of Jesus. God bless your young heart there, sister. God bless you, brothers. Oh, Jesus, would you just come in your own special way? Lord Jesus. God, heal your homes. Lord, heal your husbands and heal your children. Oh, healer of the broken pieces. You touch my heart and made
somebody else that just wants to stand in the presence of God, not that it's not there. I believe the Lord is here present, saints. anointed me. My afflictions he bore at Calvary. That's what we heard this morning. He
He anointed you to believe the service this morning. He's anointed you. He anointed another scripture that came to my mind. And we we're going to pray for Sister Lisa. Was She felt in her body she was healed of her plague. I don't care what your plague is. But you, she felt in her body she knew it was done. And there's many, many needs throughout this congregation. And on, uh, uh, perhaps on the internet, this same God, same God that gave the promise, the same Holy Spirit that makes the scripture real, will cause you, cause you to sense not a feeling, not a sensation, but you feel it by the word of God. He has anointed me. I have felt in my body. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's give Him glory. Oh, we thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. You've anointed us to believe this Word. You've anointed us to believe this message. Oh, God, You've anointed us to believe on You, Lord Jesus. Without that anointing, we could not do so. But You have anointed us to rise to the occasion, to rise to the challenge of this moment. We believe it, oh God. And you've anointed us to believe in the defeat of Satan. Satan's utterly defeated. And we are here to witness his defeat. We are here to witness your conquering power. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Let us sing it together. Let's give Him glory. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let your soul rise. Let your voice speak out this glorious truth.
Daniel, you get ready for baptism. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord.
every knee. And, and this is it. for this day. Have we waited for this day? This is Brother Daniel Diaz uh, standing in the water uh, with us today. And we're so thankful for that. So thankful for three years ago, just uh, this past Mother's Day, after giving his heart to the Lord when he was younger and then took another pathway. But God dealt with his life on a Mother's Day, sitting right up in the Balcony. His sister Stephanie that's here today made sure he was going to be there at church that day. And it was kind of an unusual scripture that the Lord led the minister to speak out of Matthew 9.9 is when the Lord was calling Matthew to be a disciple. And the Bible says, as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthias sitting at the receipt of customs. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And from that time, from that service, our brother Daniel has sought to follow the Lord. And it's been on his heart to be baptized and to make that full commitment. And I believe and I, we agree with you, brother Daniel, that uh, there's great things ahead for brother Daniel's life as he follows the Lord. There was a testimony that I heard this week before Brother Daniel and even spoke to us. On Friday we spoke, but I believe it was Tuesday. Uh, I was in my office and another person mentioned to me that had worked at Brother Daniel's work. And uh, this other person that is a total unbeliever said something about Brother Daniel's life in the last three years, what he had observed out of Daniel's life. He said, if there's anyone in the whole world that I've seen that there's been a change, it's in Daniel Diaz. The Word has worked mightily for his life. We give God praise for that. That's someone that's not even a Christian. That's a testimony of God's work. And, and another brother, when I mentioned it, that Brother Daniel was being baptized this morning, this afternoon, he said, that's what we like. Those that hear the word, and it's not a flash in the pan or just some emotion, but it's something they're serious. They wait on God, and today is your day, Brother Daniel, and we're so happy. And 
thankful for what God has done. This is a recommittal. And this is a sealing of what Brother Daniel many years ago had sought from the Lord. But today, he's desiring the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we just pray a blessing on Brother Daniel that he would truly follow the Lord every day of his life. You want to say anything to I think Brother John said, said it really, really good. I just, I was really young. I just, um, I desired to be baptized. And I was baptized in the church when I was really young, but this wasn't a full. I didn't have to go all the way, have that full commitment. But um, and then I was such just really got to praying about it, and just really seeking God, and I felt like God put really heavy on my heart to uh, do this. So, doing it. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray together. Our dear Heavenly Father, that we heard speak this morning to our hearts again your presence and your spirit moving throughout the corridors of our souls calls us to follow you follow you Lord as Matthew heard it in the scripture our brother Daniel has heard that call to follow you and he desires to respond today is his day Lord and We believe and agree with all of our hearts that the Holy Spirit that's been brooding and cooing over his life, desiring a fullness and a full consecration, that Brother Daniel is now responding to that. That from this day forward, it'll be different for him. Even others that have worked with him, been around him, and have known the old Daniel, they've already seen a change in him. We've seen a change in him. His family has seen a desire, a hunger. For the things of God. and Lord, in his love for you, he wants to serve your people. Serve your body and find his place. We pray today there would come that freshness and that rekindling of that first love. As he goes down under the water, as he's thoroughly repented, look back over his life. May, Lord Jesus, there be others that would witness his testimony. And even hear of this committal today that you would also move upon their hearts by this unfeigned love and win them for your kingdom that they also would follow you and be a disciple and give their lives. We bless Brother Daniel Diaz today. May you fill him, Lord Jesus, with your spirit. Our Brother Daniel, according to your desire to be identified with Jesus Christ, I baptize you in his precious name. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is God good? He's good all the time, isn't he? God's good to visit us through his word. And it's always wonderful when we know that God's done something on the inside. It's not just something mental. It's something that's alive. And it's Jesus, indeed, on the inside. Let's stand. Sister Lisa, we're standing with you. We're standing with everyone that stood this morning. And whatever it was, I want you to say in your heart, it is finished. It's just finished. We don't come next service with the same problem. It's over what you've stood and believed for. It's done. It's wonderful to be in the house of God today. It's wonderful to see you and to know we love you with unfeigned love.
without hypocrisy. I love you. May we press this battle together. I don't want to leave one behind. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. In the solemnity of his presence and closing prayer here, I'm going to ask Brother Tim Dodd to close. That God would be with you this afternoon. Now don't leave the presence of God here. Just let it go with you. Brother Tim, please. Let's just bow our heads together. Wonderful Redeemer. Lord, we're so thankful for Brother Dan's testimony this morning, Lord. Truly an outward confession of an inward work. It's not the water, Lord. It's the life-transforming power of the Holy Spirit that comes upon an individual. And we're all individuals. And we thank you, Lord, for the time when you came by our way. And, Lord, when you met us individually and you changed our lives. And so when everyone goes to their waters of baptism and is identified in death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then, Lord, it means something to us individually. Lord, you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we thank you, Lord, for the service this morning, truly, Lord, as we have heard through your word. Father, may there truly be, may there be a resurrection, may there be a life-giving resource that is indeed unfeigned love moving through the body of Jesus Christ. We've heard the, as you could say, the admonition of our elder this morning, Lord, and we thank you for him, O God. We thank you for the burden you put upon his heart. For every soul, you can see, Lord, he's got a desire that everyone would make it. And that truly, Lord, is a desire of every son and daughter of God. We're not willing that one would perish because we have the love of the Father in us. And the Father is not willing that one would perish. But it's to whomsoever will. And so, Lord, let them come. Lord, let it not just stop at the service today. But may it go on if you would tarry for every service. May we continually be drawn closer to you and to each other. For, Lord, you said, by this shall all men know that we are your disciples, that we have love one for the other. We thank you for how you spoke to us this morning. Thank you for Brother Tom getting out of the way. Thank you for every special, every musician, every part of the service. Thank you for everyone that could make it in. There are those that are out there on the internet. No doubt they stood, Lord, and they were identified. Lord, you see them there where they are. And in every way, Lord, there's nothing that's hidden from you. So go with each one now, Lord, we pray. Lord, may our footsteps be a little bit lighter. Lord, may our back be a little bit straighter. May our shoulders be a little bit further back and may our heart have a greater song in it than ever before. For mighty is our God who has touched our lives this morning. Bless each one. Keep each one. We commit this service to you in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.